Welcome to Fucking Cancelled, a podcast about what the left is like, what to do about it, and what it'll be like once we've done it. In today's episode, we're joined by Ja Gray, an award-winning photographer from Toronto. Ja's work offers complex representations of black masculinity, highlighting the vulnerability and humanity of his portrait subjects. We discuss abolitionism, disposability, cancel culture, and the practice of choosing grace. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Toute la journée, man, it goes. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Toute la journée, man, it goes. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Toute la journée, man, it goes. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Bonjour, hi. Toute la journée, man, it goes. So welcome to fucking cancelled. Um, yeah, we're here with uh, Ja Gray, a photographer um, from Toronto. Yep. Um, and we're really excited to have uh, Ja on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This is great. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So hey, you want to introduce yourself a bit for our listeners and uh, tell us what you're all about? Sure. I feel like the introduction part is always super weird because I'm like, mm. I feel like it's always changing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I'm Ja. I go by Ja Gray. Um, started out this photography journey uh, in 2013. And the first little series that I started out with was around redefining masculinity. And it's definitely changed a lot uh, since then of diving into the masculinity stuff. Um, yeah, I see my photography as an extension of just research and uh, lived experiences and the journey that I go through navigating as a Black man, a Black trans man. And so my work has definitely taken a deeper dive into the things that I like about masculinity, but also the things that I really don't like about masculinity, um, the societal expectations on masculinity, uh, uh, the expectations that are put on me as a Black man in this society, and how that has been kind of challenging to navigate that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, like being in a total different body and world before to now being this way and um yeah just trying to figure it out i'm just trying to figure it out and so my work is you know yeah about my journey sort of but also finding um men that resonate or have similarities in what's been going down in hopes that you know in hopes that yeah we can have these conversations that need to you know, be had, like, I feel like, um, over the years, um, medically transitioning, I guess, showing up in this world as a man, I realized there's not a lot of conversations that are being had about these things. And, um, and, you know, because there's not a lot of conversations, I feel like it's definitely impacted my mental health. And I know it's impacted mm -hmm. a lot of folks' mental health um, that I know of. So my work has just been about meeting other guys, meeting other black men specifically uh, uh, in my photos is what I, I guess I, mean, I meet everybody in my, but in my photographs, I photograph black men um, and meeting other guys, sharing experiences, chatting, uh, getting to know each other. Uh, my work has definitely went from that to now <laughs> talking a lot about, you know, giving grace and, you know, cancel culture and all these little things that have sort of felt like it came out of nowhere and how that's been impacting, um, you know, how that's been impacting me and people that I know uh, mentally as well uh, as somebody who has been canceled or tried 
I get. I guess I feel like I was canceled, but you know, <laughs> I, I guess people in my close circle feel like I I wasn't, but they don't really I mean, understand the classic yeah. extent of that. Yeah. yeah, that's a classic thing that people <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah, um, yeah. And so we 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 also noticed that you you do like talks and stuff too, eh? Like we saw some yeah. clips on your uh, Instagram and stuff. Do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, about that? Yeah, sure. Um, a lot of talks that I feel like I'm on these panels are mostly around mental health, to be honest. Okay. Um, yeah, they are in connection with uh, masculinity and just little observations and lived, ex- like I said, lived experiences that I've, you know, had to kind of go through and what that kind of looks like. I honestly recently just started talking a little bit more about cancel culture and trying to give it mm-hmm. to people here and there and in little small pieces and parts. But uh, definitely this year I was like, Hey, yo, like I'm definitely going to talk a, a little bit more about it because it's been, uh, yeah, it's impacted me in very not so great ways, but also it's showed me a lot of great things too. Right. So um, a lot of the talks have been surrounded right around that uh, mainly. And it's always been in connection with my work in some ways around uh black masculinity and kind of unpacking that a bit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, So like, we're going to, obviously in the show notes, we're going to like throw up the like link to your website so people can actually look at um, your photos. But I feel like, do you want to talk a little bit about what your photos actually are? Like, because I feel like artists often talk about like the themes behind their work, but since, since listeners might not be looking at the photos right now do you want to talk maybe a little bit like about visually so it's like portraiture okay. I've seen them and I think that they're like really striking and beautiful <laughs> but maybe you want to say something about what you're actually doing with the images yeah um yeah so visually uh there are photographs portraits of black men um yeah like they're sort of I don't know I feel like they're sort of like about like body and space, the space that we take up. Mm-hmm. A lot of them originally, I guess I was doing um, black and white and I have done some color recently. Uh, but yeah, they're all like kind of, yeah, black men that I just met for the first time or men that I've known around the community that I haven't got to know. And we kind of just walk around Toronto, take photos of any, you know, interesting wall or things that I find. Mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, a lot of them, some of the pictures, uh, are of the men with their eyes closed and them covering their faces. Um, you know, and I, I think the reason why that is, uh, for me growing up, I, in, you know, in the family that I grew up in, it just wasn't a great experience. And honestly, I didn't, I feel like I haven't really looked in people's eyes most of the times, Mm. um, growing up giving eye contact was just such a very vulnerable thing for me to do. It was very scary. And I felt like anytime I looked at somebody in the eyes, I was going to cry and I had all these things that I want to say. So a lot of the men that I've uh, photographed, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you'll see a lot of my photographs, their eyes are probably closed or they're not, you know, their faces are not really directly in the camera. Mm -hmm. I play a lot with like shadow and lighting. So a lot of the images are really darker and, um, you know, in light. And yeah, I guess there are some pictures now where their faces are showing now, but that's because I'm getting more comfortable with being able to express myself and be seen in those ways as well. Uh, But yeah, there's just, you know, kind of like, yeah, we kind of get into the space and, you know, I usually tell them a little bit about what I want to do. And I, 
allow them to have the freedom to express that in whatever ways they choose. And, you know, uh, the main theme, I guess, is just allowing us to be vulnerable with each other. And I think, you know, yeah, definitely the photos speak a little bit for itself, uh, just solely because it's like, I usually just meet these men for the first time or we're photographing for the first time and their willingness to be mm -hmm. open and vulnerable and share that part of them with me uh, is, I feel like what shows through with the photos and, you know, as you know, black men uh, often get this, there's like stereotypes that were like, you know, not, you know, like against vulnerability. Like mm -hmm. we don't want to be soft. Like we're um, like pro-violence and, you know, all these little things. So I think just documenting and documenting, but also in actuality, this is happening for real. Like I'm not positioning them to be these ways i'm not saying mm -hmm. yo you have to look like this you have to do your body like this um uh it's really telling so i think that you know those are the things that really uh show in the works in the portraits that i do yeah thank you yeah what uh what do you think brought you to do this work um oh a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think in the beginning if i can go way back in my earliest thought of why this even came into fruition I guess was just being somebody who definitely felt uh unheard and unseen you know and feeling like there was no way for me to get through to people you know for them to see me and see the things that I was feeling and expressing uh I was like a really sad kid to be honest and I don't feel like my family had the tools to you know be there for me and support me in the ways that I needed Although I understand now that they did the best that they could. You know, my mom was a single parent. She had me at 22. When I think about myself having a kid at 22, that's not a thing. Yeah. You know, I, I have a dog right now and she's a handful. So <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't imagine. I honestly yeah. can't imagine. Right. So I just, you know, I just was, I feel like I was like yearning to, to be able to express myself. And I didn't know um, how to do that. And my partner at the time uh, her interest was in photography and we talked about it a lot. And I feel like people would say that Jaz, the person that had this little point and shoot and I was taking pictures of people in school and doing all this stuff. Um, but there was actually one incident that happened where I was at a birthday party and the photographer had to leave. They felt bad of leaving and they asked my friend, do you trust anybody with this camera? And it's like this huge professional camera. And they were like, give it to Ja. And I was like, what, me? And anyways, I took this camera I had fun. I was taking pictures of the birthday cake. I was, I was living my best life and I've never felt that alive in, in, in since the time, you know, that I can remember. And I just remember being like, yo, I want to do photography. I love that nice. story. And, yeah. Yeah. And just seeing the excitement on people's faces when they got the photos, they were like, yo, these are really great. You should really go into photography. So honestly, so my cool. ex, yeah, my ex partner uh, got me a camera, got me a laptop and she was like, yo, like, it up and ever since that it's like you know I just kind of at first also I was taking photos of like trees and stuff and I was writing a little poetry and then it just turned into yeah like taking I joined a program they challenged me to come up with some kind of um uh concept and I didn't know what I was going to talk about but because I because around that time I was transitioning uh the redefining masculinity piece was really important to me and I was really struggling to be grounded in my identity. And so my first, the first project, uh, Redefining Masculinity, and it wasn't even featuring men, it was featuring women. Mm. And 
it was like just a whole totally different, I was in a totally different place. And, you know, over time, I realized like documenting women in my experience, I wasn't in that body anymore. So I started documenting black men because that's how I, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's how, that, that's who I am now. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of my earliest memories of how I got started in this. Yeah. Amazing. So you kind of touched on it a bit, but I just want to like give some space to like unpack this. So like mm-hmm. your work, um, like what it really does is it offers like complex three-dimensional representations of black masculinity mm-hmm. that allow for like um, vulnerability, um, which you've touched on. And yeah. so like, why do you think that that is so important? And like, why are those images needed in this world? Mm-hmm. I think the images are needed because, well, I don't think the images are needed. They are needed. They are you know, needed. Like, yeah. yeah. There's a lack of representation of, um, healthy ways of uh, healthy mm-hmm. ways of masculinity or, or manhood for some folks whatever that means to people and honestly I was just like really irritated with the you know the pictures and and uh, the pre- the portrayals that media kind of mm-hmm. portrays me in my body and because honestly that's you know I guess when I in the beginning of my transition those were the things that I was looking up to mm-hmm. and a lot of them weren't healthy ways of being and I feel like it's important to have these pictures and to um, shed light on like, you know, expanded notions of masculinity Mm -hmm. because there's not, you know, there's not just one way of being. And uh, yeah, most of the things that are being shown are like, you know, women, cars, money, Mm -hmm. you know, and, or like maybe even like sports, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And it didn't really leave room for me to want to do any other thing. Um, And just meeting other men in my life and having, these men um, expressed like similarities in what I was facing. I was like, yo, wow. It, like there are other men who are feeling these ways because I also had an idea that men didn't want to be those things. Like right. there was no care because that's what I was taught. And, you know, coming from, um, I'm first generation Canadian coming from my family. They're from Jamaica where it's very like homophobic, you know, very transphobic, but very traditional ways of being masculine um and then finding other guys who are navigating in that that are like yo I don't even I don't even like it I don't even want to be in in that space right um so I you know yeah I I just feel like it's really important to kind of show that there are other ways that we can be and Mm -hmm. it's there's so much fluidity in masculinity you don't have to be this one way and also like kind of taking in that by like really forcing yourself to be this one way it's like legit deteriorating your mental health yeah you're not yeah yeah. yeah, sometimes I talk to people and it's like they're unhappy but a lot of the root is like the expectations that they feel they have to be this tough manly guy like they they're they're not able to uh not even that they have to be vulnerable with other people but they're not able to be vulnerable with themselves and I think those are the things that I really hope to touch with my work is like yes it's important to be vulnerable uh with other people in our lives uh because it uh, you know builds and leaves room for healthy connections and relationships but it also is like really important for us to have that with ourselves and you know be able to feel like we can live in our true authentic self without feeling like if we do that then no one's gonna want to talk to me like I'm, i'm you know I mean, be an outcast or something, whatever, you know? For yeah, sure. Absolutely. Right. Cause everyone is, everyone is vulnerable at times. Like there's no, there's yeah. no question about it. You know what I mean? So if you're, if you're pretending not to be vulnerable, well, you're just, you're doing just that, right. You're just pretending. Yeah. And, and that's just like a, a crazy, like lonely place to be in. Right. Yeah. You do yourself uh, a disservice. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I also think it's like representations that don't allow for that complexity are just like oh. thoroughly, they're thoroughly dehumanizing. Like they don't allow yeah. for people to be the complex human beings. Like all people have like whatever. They yeah. feel lots of different things, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> so true. like tough guy representations are just like not complex enough to like hold people's humanity. And I think your work does a really good job of, um, yeah, just like offering more complexity. Thank um, you. Recently, you shared a clip on your Instagram of you speaking on a panel about mental health um, that yeah. we took a look at. And you shared about how being trans had given you a particular insight into these constructions of masculinity and specifically black masculinity in your case. Um, we we're wondering if you could share more about that because I think that's a really interesting uh, perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That panel. Hmm. <laughs> that panel was like, I think that panel was like last year. I don't know. It was sometime. COVID kind of jumbled up the years. I think yeah. it actually <laughs> happened late 2018, 2019. Okay. Um, yeah. I think that panel was, I, I definitely, I, I had so much anxiety on that panel, to be honest. I remember uh, trying to drink my water. My water was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just having so much anxiety because it's just, you know, being in a room with black folks talking about black masculinity and you know trying to unpack that and things like that it is very nerve-wracking and I think my I think that was like a little bit of a breaking point for me being like yo I'm actually like tired of this shit. Mm -hmm. you know <laughs> I'm tired of like uh performing like I'm okay when I'm like not okay yeah and we you know we have these conversations around mental health but rarely there's ever deeper check-ins and things that happen yes. after these conversations. And I think that, you know, for me and um, my body as a trans man, I, yeah, there's a lack of um, check-ins or, you know, you know, people say that they care about mental health and they're here for trans people, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it's like, I don't, I still don't know uh, where um, those resources or there's, those people are at and so um that panel yeah I'm happy I was happy to be on it because I think it's you know it's important to have these trans uh identities on these um on these panels uh, at the end of the day it's like there's uh, there's a lot of resources out there but there's not a lot of resources that um have the tools to deal with um trans people um so yeah I think and also um not I think but also in that talk too, I really wanted to touch on community accountability <laughs> a lot. Like community accountability is such a big thing for me right now with mental health is, you know, we can only do so much by having these panels and these talks, but there has to be like an accountability there uh, where community steps up to the plate and actually, you know, puts more action into making sure that, you know, people feel good enough to come to you when they're not feeling mm -hmm. great. And obviously there's a lot of complexities around that because then it goes into the shame factor and then it goes into who's deserving of these resources or these things or these communities. And um, if you're someone like me that has fucked up, then I'm not deserving of these um, platforms or I'm not deserving mm. of these resources that are out there. So I, um, in that panel, I definitely had a little bit of a, a little bit of a frustration, uh, 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 you know, and the need to kind of talk about that frustration of like how I kind of felt in regards to my mental health and, you know, the lack of support and resources that I got from community basically. So hopefully I touched on that question a little bit. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, it actually leads us perfectly into our yeah. next question. Um, so yeah. like one of the things that we wanted to ask um, is basically like you had mentioned in that, um, in the clip that we saw that you talked about finding new community, like when you came out and you were like in the queer, like LGBT, queer and trans community. Um, and in this podcast, we talk a lot about how within queer progressive spaces, um, there's often like a heavy influence of cancel culture. Um, and so we were wondering basically um, what you want to share with us about your experiences with cancel culture. Um, yeah, so you can go wild okay. with that question. <laughs> <laughs> or skip it if you don't want yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah. it. You know? <laughs> No, honestly, I was just laughing for a second because honestly, yeah, <sighs> there's a lot to say. There's so much to say. Uh, but what I will say is I basically got canceled. Um, I think this has been like two years now that this has been going on. I'm pretty sure it's still going on. People are still saying things about me, X, Y, and Z. Um, and the situation that I was being canceled from happened three years ago. Uh, but I guess it just, it just, it like, I feel like it comes in waves. Yeah, anytime I'm doing something that's good, <laughs> anytime I'm getting recognition for something, people then yeah. try to take it, take it down and stuff. Um, for me in that talk, uh, yeah, about, around finding community, it's, you know, I've always been in this queer black art space in Toronto, mm -hmm. but not because I was deliberately trying to be in that. I just got put in that because I'm queer black you know, trans, all the, right. uh, I'm an artist. So I just got put into that space. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I guess I just, I feel like almost like I think about it now, I feel like I almost sort of settled in that space, mm -hmm. right? Because when I take it in now, I realized that I didn't ever feel safe in there. It was just the only place that made me feel a little bit more welcomed with my yeah. identity and who I was. Um, when I was getting canceled, that was a big wake up call for me because mm -hmm. I realized the community that was there saying that they're there to protect me uh, were the very same ones that were causing me harm. Uh, well, ignoring that I was being harmed, yeah. but then feeling very uh, quick to jump down my throat when, I, when they heard that I did something harmful to somebody else. Right. So it kind of made me feel like there was like a, a picking and choosing of mm -hmm. whose harm matters more and who's deserving of that support when, when harm is uh, done in, in, in the community and in the space, right? And so I feel like uh, a lot of the harm that was happening with me, even though I was reaching out to people, people were like, whatever. You know, yeah. the minute that something happened that they heard that I did X, Y, and Z, they were like, oh, cancel ja, da, 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 take away this, 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 this. And so... Yeah, that was definitely a very hard, hard time. Like, uh, you know, honestly, when I think about it now, I, I'm just surprised that I'm, you know, still here, still smiling, still able to mm -hmm. do the work that I do because, you know, it was really bad. Like, there was one point, like, they were like, I, I was on like a face of a magazine and they, they took the magazine, they were like burning it and stuff. What and the fuck? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was getting like death threats and it was really horrible and, yeah, I think I felt very vulnerable, very open, but I felt like I was being dealt with unfair. You know, uh, no one wanted to hear me out. A lot of people that yeah. I thought were my friends were like, yo, peace, you know, block, whatever. Yeah. And so that was a big game changer for me to see people that I thought cared about me um, uh, kind of just remove themselves without, 
you know, and yeah, I, yeah. And I, I think that was definitely a very, you know, hurtful situation. Uh, but also within that and within that solitude, I was able to see the people who were actually there for me. Yeah. You know, people, yeah, people who might not have been in my life on a consistent basis before, but also had the, you know, thought about reaching out and being like, yo, I heard this. Yeah. What's up? Like, I, you know, really wanting to know and hear what was going on. And also, didn't give me like a blige. They were like, yo, if it's true, not cool, dude. But I see you. I see the work that you're doing, you know, and, you know, I'm here for you. I'm here for your, you know, your healing, your journey. And there was a lot of people that really did, you know, give that space and grace and still check up on me to this very day. Like, how are you doing? And all these things. So even though that happened and I feel like there was a sense of a loss of a community, mm-hmm. I actually gained a whole new community that, you know, implemented these, you know, more transformative ways and approaches to you know conflict and harm and things like that and so you know for a little it was definitely very very rough but then at the same time it's like I met so many great people in my life and you know I think I just you know now definitely I have like people even though I talk about this stuff too I still do have people like reaching out being like don't talk to this person they're not good and I'm just like yo like thank you for saying that to me but very unnecessary and I would appreciate if you like don't message me about this ever again (laughs) actually because you know it's and I think that you know I think that sometimes people don't mean to cause harm when they do it but they don't understand that it is causing harm and it's very traumatic sometimes and a lot, like I said before, a lot of people don't believe that I got canceled because I'm still doing my thing. But it's like, yeah. yo, like a lot of things changed, man. Like a lot of things change. A lot of things are so different. And the way that I uh, deal with people now is a lot different than how I deal, dealt with people before, which I'm very happy because I don't think if this didn't happen, I don't think that grace or anything like these would have been a part of my life and wanting to not jump on the bandwagon when you hear things. Um, but most times now it's like if you want to talk about it go ahead but I'm just gonna excuse myself because I don't even want to hear it because I've been affected by it and I know other people who have been affected by it and um, you know there was definitely people um, too that uh, have been a part of the cancellation process I guess and then maybe down the line I heard that they got canceled yeah and then you know it's just so, you know, I did tell my friend out of all honesty, there was a point, I know this is really bad, but I got to say it cause I got to be honest. There was a point when that happened. I heard that it happened. I kind of wanted to be like, eh. you know, like I wanted to be like, yo, <laughs> yo. <laughs> you know, I want to be like, yo, this is why you don't. You yeah. Know, because you just, it's, it's not, you know, it, it, it can happen to you. Like, yeah, like if you, to you, if you right? treat people like they're disposable and you surround yourself with people who treat people like they're disposable, that yeah. means that you become disposable because you're in a yeah. community of people who treat people like they're disposable. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So there was definitely a point where I was like, yo, I'm not going to say I told you so, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. but also I, you know, my friends do really challenge that idea too. And they, they ask me all the time, like, how do you give grace to somebody that has definitely participated in, you know, yeah. this happening to you, it's really hard. And, you know, sometimes it, sometimes now I still roll my eyes a little bit, but I really am trying to work on that part of myself because, you know, it's definitely a part of me that I still have to heal because I, mm-hmm. it's, 
definitely affected my life and it's still affecting my life. Um, uh, and one thing I was going to say too uh, is that I was actually supposed to be on a podcast, um, podcast slash panel last week. It got confirmed and everything. And then I actually got taken off. Wow. Somebody on the panel that said, yo, I don't feel like this person deserves to have the space to talk about mental health because unless they, unless they, um, unless they talk about what happened in the past with this said person. And, uh, you know, at, at first, you know, the person that told me, I know him really well, so I wasn't really upset with him. And at first I was like, oh, it's all good. But then I was like, no, it's not good. Yeah. And so like you know I did talk to him about it I was like yo like I don't want to normalize this because it's actually not okay yeah you know like inappropriate and you know this whole thing so I know it I know what happens and I know it probably will continue happening every time I get onto some great thing somebody's like yo let's take him down and you know so just finding finding him now being a part of a community who doesn't do that has been so moving and like healing that I'm like I remember just finding for the first time finding that one person being like, Oh, like, yo, I work in this space. And, you know, I told them everything that was happening with me with the courts and stuff. Uh, and they were like, they didn't seem phased at all. They were like, yo, like I've definitely worked with men that have done not great things, but people change and just really gave me, um, yeah, really gave me an in to be like, okay, yeah, right. I am somebody that can change, you know? And so, you know, but it, it does suck to have your, your dirty laundry aired out to community. It does mm-hmm. suck, you know, and like For you sure. said, there's a lot of complex complexities and nuances with all that stuff. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it yeah. sucks too, especially when like people do it so uncharitably every time. Right. And, and are trying to find like the worst possible way to, to talk about what you like are alleged to have done. Right. Yeah. Um, I just want to say congratulations for fucking getting through that, man. It's like, it can be really, really fucking hard. Yeah, you know? it's brutal. Oh. And there's so much relatable. About it. <laughs> We're yeah, just like yeah, nodding yeah. our heads. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Um, yeah. I feel like y'all heard it all. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't know, man, especially like, I mean, we've talked about this a bit in DMs, but like, it's just like, you know, going through this summer when like abolitionism became this like really big hot topic and everybody's talking about abolitionism And it's like the idea that like somebody has to like only ever talk about some some shitty thing that they did anytime they speak now for the rest of their life. It's like (laughs) it doesn't make any sense. Like people are not defined by the worst things that they've ever done. And like we get to like do the work on that and like heal and move on, you know, and like it's really punitive and really two dimensional to just continuously only define that person through that. It sucks. It sucks. It, It definitely does suck. And um you know, yeah, definitely kind of going, you know, sometimes when I tell people, yo, I was going through a whole trial for like a year. Everyone's like, wait, what? Like, cause yeah. no one really knew that that was happening because I felt like a sense of, yo, I have to keep myself together because yeah. I can't let them like win in a sense. Like yeah. I can't yeah. let them win. Like I got to keep myself together, but I was going through court and it was just getting worse and worse and all these smear campaigns were happening and you know they were like trying to try me with like six months jail time four months jail time uh at a point and I was like I was just so confused like Mm -hmm. how did we get to this this place but you know at that point too of trying to do the inner work and you know I I was going to therapy I was doing counts I've been going to therapy for years but yeah people still think I should be doing x y and z when I've 
been doing this thing. I'm <laughs> yeah, still yeah, yeah. doing it. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't fucking but, know me. Like, yeah. yeah. But the truth is people don't want to see me do the work. Yeah. And I realize that people don't want to see that I'm healing and that I'm doing better because I feel like, I feel like if that, if they allowed themselves to see that, then they would have to really change their politics and all these perspectives that they, they hold about that stuff. Um, but I just remember going to that process and no one knew about that. And I didn't, and when I tell people now, they're just so like baffled that that even happened. But I think over time, you know, there has definitely been people from my past that I've connected with, I guess, or have connected with me. And, you know, it's just kind of been interesting because I think over time people are starting to realize that like, this is pretty fucked up what you're doing to this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I think it's just really interesting, but yo, like, you know, I just realized that people don't want to see me, uh, do the work and people don't want to acknowledge even in that dynamic that landed me in the situation. Uh, I was already doing the work. I was already trying to figure it out. I was already in therapy. I was in all these men's group. Like I was trying to do like, honestly, I was, I was doing my best, mm-hmm. you know, and I just wish that at some point, uh, people can acknowledge that, yo, like people, like there are a lot of people who are just doing their best with the tools that they have. Absolutely. Like I'm not maliciously trying to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I'm down to, ha- I'm down to have conversations about it, but also I'm not down to have conversations. If that means that you're just going to badger and shame me for something, Absolutely. For sure. tell me to write, tell me to write a whole letter for social media to then say, Oh, this is not an apology. Yeah, because you know, right. yeah. it never goes well. Another classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, never yeah, goes well. That, it never goes well, you know, and I just kind of had to take in for myself that, you know, my accountability process isn't for you. It's for me. Absolutely. It's for me to do. And I have the right to that privacy to hold myself accountable, accountable in private. I don't need to, to, like you said, go everywhere saying, hey, I'm Jai and I <laughs> did this in 2016. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. Know, and just to know that. Yeah, just to know that I'm being held to this, you know, I don't feel like, it's not that I feel like I didn't cause harm. I know that I, I did, you know, and uh, I'm not happy about it. But that's why I think right now I really have uh, pushed myself to continue doing this work and continue just doing the, th- the things that I'm doing, having these conversations, because I think it is important for people to know that people do change. And um, I think during this time, too, I... Uh, you know, I just looked up a whole bunch of things. Like I was like, okay, people who have been incarcerated, who came out and who's still navigating. I was like searching everything. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, I need to, I need to see that. I need to see people um, that have, you know, have been in tough situations who have come out of that and still was able to live. Like I need to see that because for some reason, I feel like even with the abolition conversations, it's like, we still don't, there's still people still feel uncomfortable for some reason uh you know people feel uncomfortable about the stories when the stories are still in the making but are happy when like if you met somebody like for example i feel like if you met somebody who said oh i went to jail for 15 years because i did x y and z and then now they're speaking and doing all these things it's easier for you to accept this person because you don't know who they are yeah and for sure you see the end like right the feel- end to you know? I feel yeah. like half of these like new abolitionists that like found out about abol- abolitionism like this year and, and have become <laughs> abolitionists like yeah. um, would be happier to see people in jail yes. so that they can then be abolitionists about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh no. That you is, know what I mean? Wow. 
honestly that, you just blew my mind about that yeah but honestly i think that that's kind of what's part of what's going on you know and i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna ask you a question that's a, a little bit sure, loaded yeah. but that that okay. is related so like in your work you rehumanize and offer complexity in, in representations of black men right um black men are criminalized dehumanized like debased degraded made disposable by racism mm -hmm. um, and your work counters this right but do you find that this disposability that is directed specifically towards black men also plays out in its own way in these queer spaces oh hell yeah hell yes I, I like nobody's talking about this <laughs> no so one's talking about it yeah. no one's talking about it no one wants to admit the fact that we do take on the very same things that we're trying to get away from mm -hmm. are the same things that we do to the people in our community and honestly like yeah i don't know it's really it's really weird to me it's like i feel like in the community i was more accepted when i was identifying as being queer and i was like doing i don't know it's i don't know i feel like it's weird it's like kind of a picking and choosing like almost like um if you're choosing to lean this way then we don't we don't we don't you know I was gonna swear, but like we don't you mess with you. You can swear. Go ahead. Man. We don't fuck with you. The podcast is called "Fucking Cancel." Yeah. I was like, yeah. No, it's like we don't fuck with you if you want to lean more to to this side of things, right? And so I think it does play in the community a lot. No one's talking about it. Um, I feel like it definitely applies a lot to, as well to the trans folks who choose to be in that binary. And Absolutely. um, yo, we we all like we all like enable this stuff. Like we all participate in it. And I don't feel like it's fair to speak on something while we are doing the very same thing to the people in the community. And then, you know, there's definitely been times that I said, I remember making a comment, just like, it's just super funny sometimes to me. And when I say funny, it's not like laughing funny, but it's uh -huh. like, yeah, it's, it breaks my heart a little bit to see um, something not right happened with an individual. And then everyone's fighting for this individual. Um, but meanwhile, while people are alive, people are not, don't have that same drive to fight for this person. When yeah. the person, let's say something happens to X, Y, and Z, you know, um, uh, you know, not to bring, like, I don't want to talk super deep into this, but you know, with the George Floyd situation and mm -hmm. then his criminal charges ended up getting brought up at the, at the, you know, in the midst of it, yeah. Yeah. it was really interesting to see how people kind of played that out. Because then you have people who are still, um, yeah, saying that they're, you know, against jails and, you know, you know, saying all these things, right? And, but now you're faced with a complex situation where you're fighting for somebody who has done something that you don't stand for. Mm -hmm. And to just kind of see how people have reacted in and repped that out has some, somewhat made me a little bit of annoyed. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, yo, like people are still existing here today and you're still disposing of people you know for me jail is just a a, a it's just it doesn't fix the situation Absolutely. it actually it actually causes more harm and you know most people some not most people but some people come out of that and some people go right back in yeah you know and then we talk about we don't talk a lot about okay now we're talking about uh disposability and uh you know canceling and all the stuff jail incarceration all this stuff no one's talking about you know the aftermath of it like what happens to the individual after you know um people totally. are you're canceling or shutting people out in hopes that they hold accountability to what are you trying to bring them back into the community or you're not and then also realizing 
that a lot of people who got shunned out of the community don't even want to come back because you eventually realize that yo like that was a very harmful space Mm -hmm. so now we're creating like a culture of like you feel like you're up here to to dispose of people and say oh you go over there and you do the work that you do and if you come back you come back if you don't I don't really care about it but the truth is we're also not talking about the fact that people don't want to go back like if the community said to me hey Ja we want you back in the space I would probably not go yeah I probably won't go yeah you know and like the the thing you were bringing up earlier just like about like queer and trans stuff right and kind of just like that being where you are because you're queer and trans so you end up in a queer and trans space like what's what's so fucked about cancel culture being so intense in our queer spaces is that so many queer and trans people have nowhere else to go like they're there because they didn't have anywhere else to go right and so then when they get expelled from that community where do they go right but if they go to somewhere if they go to a different let's say community and and let's say if, if like for example um when I got canceled, the community that took me in first was the cis heteronormative community. They were like, you know, <laughs> the cis community. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was like, okay, cool, right? Like, I was like, okay, great. <laughs> but it, was, it was, it was weird. It was weird a bit, you know. It was weird, like, yeah, I don't, like it's. I love that you did this too because it feels like that. It feels like that, right? But you know, they were more. Uh, I feel like people who were um, who operate under the cis het. Uh, identity were very um you know graceful with me mm-hmm. and then it's just you know and so I ended up being around more cis-heteronormative folks and um yeah and then you know so I find it's like it's really it's really weird because it's like okay well you don't want me here now now I'm here and now you're not happy with me being this space because this space is not healthy right. for so it just yeah it's like where do I go and then also when I got canceled you know, you're saying that I need to hold myself accountable, but then now you took away all my resources. So yeah. you took away my resources. You took away the means of how I make money. So I can't even afford to, to figure it out. And so I think it is a, I think it, um, you know, when I, when you say that too, I'm like, yeah, like these are conversations that are not being had, right? Like we have nowhere else to go. That's mm-hmm. why we're here. Right? Yeah. And yeah. so it does suck, right? It sucks. Yeah. For fucking real. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, so one of the themes, um, that, um, oh wait, sorry, I'm skipping ahead of myself. So, oh yeah, I really wanted to touch on this in the interview with you. So one of the things that we're often asked, like, cause we're, we're critiquing cancel culture all the time and yeah. like we oppose it, like we overtly oppose cancel culture. <laughs> um, and you know, people are often asking us like, what, what should you do instead of cancel culture, right? And I'm like, there's like a million things that we should be doing instead of cancel yeah. culture. Not like practically anything else. Yeah, there's yeah. like a lot of different things, <laughs> you know, that we should be doing. Um, but one of the things that we were talking about when thinking about your work um, is the role that your work plays in terms of like an alternative to cancel culture. So we wanted to ask you about that and basically just ask, like, do you feel like your work um, in some ways might be an example of an alternative to what cancel culture claims to be offering in terms of your photography? Hmm. Well, I've never thought about that before. So that's a great question. Um, I think when I think about it now, I think it's, I don't think it's, hmm. You want me to give you a little more? I think, I think yeah, I, I well, I, I guess I, I was just gonna say like, I don't think it's like, a, uh like it's fully an alternative 
Yeah. But I think it's one, one, one way, you yeah. know, one way. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I guess in my work, not I guess. I, yo, honestly, I'm trying to remove the I guess thing from <laughs> yeah. my vocabulary. <laughs> but um, my, yeah, just humanity is a big thing. For yes. Me. Like, it's just, it's super big. You know, I think when we talk about canceling and disposing of people, it's to see them not as hu- hu- human beings. Yeah. You know, um, and we and we make mistakes, yo. And and there are yes, there are some people, yes, who like the process of maybe holding themselves accountable or doing things there is maybe not something that's in their mind. But there are a lot of people out there who do want to, uh, you know, correct their wrongs and things like that. And um, I hope that I I love that you see this in my work because this is something that I hope for my work. Is that I do hope that it it is uh it does allow for alternative alternative way of thinking, uh towards human beings like and specifically black men because I navigate my life like that but in general human beings right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know and I've definitely had you know yeah I definitely had my share of feeling a little bit of guilt sometimes of talking of maybe engaging with somebody that some like that somebody got canceled for something that's really intense and that guilt that I felt of wanting to see them as human beings because mm-hmm. other people were saying, yo, you, you shouldn't because they do these fucked up things. And I hope my work just continues to choose um, grace and to choose, uh, you know, the complexities and, you know, just to, yo, like, I, th- I hope my work is like, yo, like I'm fucking up and I want to learn from my fuck up. I'm probably going to fuck up again and I'm going to learn from it again. And, you know, just, yo, like, <laughs> I don't want it to be like, I definitely wouldn't want it to be um, seen as, you know, a way to say that harm doesn't exist and that people shouldn't be doing work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe that people deserve to be work, but I also do believe that people deserve support while they do that work. And uh, people, that, people that have caused harm to people, do need support and taking that support away isn't going to do anything better. And if you are a part of like the community, if you're like somebody, a part of the community in a way that's saying that you care about community and wanting things to be uh, better, I do feel like you should allow people to be there for people that have, you know, caused harm because that's the only way, that's the only way that I was able to navigate my situation was to have supportive and loving people who like, gave me like genuine like <laughs> connection and was like dude like you're doing it don't worry like you're doing it, you're getting it and so I hope um down the line that my work continues to be a way um another way like another mm-hmm. way like it doesn't have to be I don't want it to be like an ultimate way but just a way just one way yeah uh, yeah and just I would love it to be like you know a, a documentation too of like you know I took a photo of you in 2015 and I took a photo of you in like 2023 and look how far you've come wow right i think we deserve to see that and i i think it's hard because there's you know there's there's definitely times where i've recorded myself on my phone like voice note being like yo i feel so fucked like this is whack you know and all these things and just to listen to it later on and how that like you know Mm -hmm. really you know it makes me Ah, it just gives me that like validation that I need. And I think that everybody, not that I need to validate other people, but I would love for people to validate themselves, to see themselves in this way, but also still able to imagine themselves in, 
in other ways that don't involve their their wrongs or things that people have been saying about them or you know or whatever so I hope this is an alternative and I you know I know I'll get pushed back for it I'm getting pushed back for it now but I just hope to still continue going and still documenting this because we do deserve it and you know absolutely yeah fuck yeah yeah you know like people do all kinds of crazy shit man like if if you live <laughs> if you live in the real world you know this man yeah. you know if yeah. you've ever been around a little bit you know this like people people are out here doing crazy shit man yeah. <laughs> like all kinds of shit <laughs> yeah um and and like the world is like a really big really complicated place you know and we need lots of ways to deal with things yeah. you know we need yeah. really we need complex ways of dealing with things we need multiple ways of dealing yeah. with things yeah. we need ways that can be flexible you know we need ways that can address some parts of an issue yeah. and, and not other parts you know yeah. and i think cancellation and like the kind of what we call the nexus which is basically just like woke <laughs> cancel world um is such a small bitter little space you know yeah. that 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 is not interested in trying to capture um the the full complexity of anything yeah. you know yeah, yeah. It, it really it really tries to push things into binaries it really tries to paint people as either bad or good um yeah. it really tries to reduce people to the lowest common denominator you know often by just sort of painting them with like a couple of identity markers um <laughs> but then but then revoking those identity markers when it's convenient yeah. you know yeah um yep. And, and yeah, I'm just, I'm so fucking sick of it. And I think that art is like a really cool way of trying to, um, you know, offer some alternative paths. And also the fact yeah. that you are, you know, dealing specifically with masculinity uh -huh. and, and these issues of vulnerability yeah. is another part of that. And sorry, sorry, I'm just going to interject before you go into the question. Cause like, yeah, like with your work, like, I'm just like, honestly, I don't know, like, we admit that trauma creates more trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And like, we admit yeah. that trauma produces, you know, violence and we admit that. And then we acknowledge that like the mass <laughs> amount of racism and bullshit that black men have to put up with and the dehumanization obviously is traumatic, right? Yeah. And then if a, a black man does something that is fucked up, then either we have the, the carceral system that yeah. wants to produce more trauma, or we have our supposed communities that mm -hmm. want to further dehumanize and permanently define this person through that, right? And it's yeah. like, it's it's more trauma and it's more dehumanization. And like, yeah, so I just think with your work, it's beautiful because your work is rehumanizing, you. you know? It allows for the complexity of people to be seen as full human beings and as vulnerable and as complex, right? So- Yeah, yeah I mean, your work, your work really focuses on vulnerability a lot, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've noted in this show before that the, the atmosphere that's produced by cancel culture um, and the sort of very rigid, like, identitarian thinking that's really common in the Nexus um, can make it really difficult to be vulnerable and really difficult yeah. to be honest, you know? Um, and I don't know. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about why you think it's so important to have the space to be vulnerable um, mm. and, like, I don't know you even mentioned like when you were doing that panel right like mm -hmm. you yeah. felt nervous just being in the same room as i mean I'm, I'm totally putting words in your mouth right here but like being in the same room as some people who are like gonna fucking turn around and cancel you like five seconds later um <laughs> yeah. or or like at least at least at least being in front of a camera um and knowing that like the video is going to be sort of disseminated to a lot of yeah. a lot of that kind of person right um yeah. which i imagine meant that you probably did not feel that you could be particularly honest you know mm -hmm. um so i don't know i just want to give you a little bit of an opportunity to talk about honesty and vulnerability um within 
within that kind of world or really whatever the fuck you want to say go go for it (laughs) um yo i was gonna say too in that space it was yeah there was people that could cancel me within the next five minutes but there was also people there who already canceled me Wow! Yeah, <laughs> that's you know, stressful. So I was like, yeah, I was like, I, and they're at the front of the row, and I'm like, uh, this is weird. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Oh, this is weird. But um, yeah, it was really weird to kind of speak on those things, and it's hard to be honest. It's hard to walk in your truth, and you know, the truth is, there's more in. There's more ways to get in the carceral system. There's more ways in for punishment and less ways out of it. Yeah. Right. And. That's why I feel like it's, you know, like it is really important for us to have spaces where we are honest and honest. And when I say honest, it's like, like, honestly, I also hate the safe space vibe because I usually feel like the safe spaces are not really safe at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just places where people can be honest and say things that might be a little bit problematic, Mm -hmm. but be in spaces where people can share their perspective of, you know, and just have open dialogue because that's how we learn. There's no sense of um, somebody saying something not appropriate to me and that I'm like, yo, fuck you. You know, mm-hmm. go Google it because I know that Google right. doesn't have all the resources. Why? You know, and this is not to say that everyone should have the capacity to do the work. Yeah. yeah. But if I have the capacity to uh, listen yeah. and to share a perspective in hopes that maybe that might encourage a little bit of a perspective shift in somebody why not yeah you know and yeah I'm just like yeah I'm annoyed with not being truthful I'm annoyed with not being um honest to myself because and the only reason why I wasn't was because I knew that I would be shamed for it right I knew I'd be shamed I knew I know I'm gonna get punished I know that and but I think one thing I will say about the cancel thing is that I really appreciate the amount of strength that it allowed me to have now to actually mm-hmm. speak my truth because how much more are you going to cancel me cancel me then fuck it you already canceled me already you already canceled me no you already canceled me how, what more can you what more can uh, you do yeah. what more are you what more do you want to do and also if you are trying to do more then maybe you should sit with yourself and ask yourself why you're really going this far to yeah. to you know drag no, that down so fuck. yeah it's it's really weird so just having like honestly it's it's important because I knew how important it was for me when I finally found the space that allowed me to be honest, where I finally found the space where I can tell people exactly what was being said without somebody being like, yo, I don't know, man, you know, I can't, you know, there was no, uh, there wasn't any shame that I felt when I was in these actual honest, open spaces. And then also having people be honest and open with me about the, the harm that they caused and mm-hmm. you know the pressures that they were going through and where they were mentally and you know what they what they chose to do outside of that which i feel like a lot of people who have been canceled ha- are doing some fire shit right now yeah. like Yo. some fire like some Yo. fire shit to like give back to the community you know what yeah. i'm saying like yeah. most people who are canceled are giving so much back to the community more than i know of the people who are doing the cancellation yeah. oh absolutely so, yeah. i mean yo me and clementine <laughs> yeah. have talked about this a bunch where like it's really funny because people who tend to get canceled tend to be like a little bit high profile and people who tend to be a little bit high profile tend to be people who are like talented and 
doing interesting things, you know? So it's like the people who keep getting canceled are people who are like good at shit and like interesting and like have a lot to offer, you know? Yeah. Um, which means and why would one- you want to remove that? Like, why would yeah. you want to remove that? But I also think uh, before you go into what you're going to say, I think it's also because people believe that you're being performative. Right. Like they think that you're being performative and maybe if they take you down a notch and you'll just completely shut off everything that you're doing and run away with it. But the truth is, it's not really like that. Like, yeah, it ends up getting deeper work because like once I once I was going through the trial and I was a part now technically a part of the criminal justice system in these ways, it made me really think about what I really wanted to do and what like photography will always be my love and my passion you know mm-hmm. it would, I'm, I'm always going to do it but now my work is taken into a whole different place because I'm like yo I experienced this and this sucks and yeah. this needs to be spoken about something needs to happen I remember you know getting my like getting released out of the court and I was like celebrating and you know and I was like yo don't be surprised if later on down the line I decide to be some kind of lawyer or something of something or doing something crazy because mm-hmm. of the experience that I went through. Right. Yeah. Um, but also this experience definitely like I just recently applied to my master's uh, in environmental studies and I'm hoping to study like black. Where are you going to school? Or maybe I shouldn't ask um, you uh, I'll tell you after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I did my master's in environmental studies. So I was just Okay. Like, you did? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. Okay. Cool yeah. I, I'm still, I'm right now I'm in the process of finding my references and going to submit it again. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I wouldn't have done this if this shit didn't happen to me. Right. Because when this, ha- when this shit happened, I was like, this is not okay. Like, I'm going to talk about it now, you know. And, yo, that's why I really appreciate the work that you do. You know, the podcast that you guys also are both on, I listened to a few episodes, Fire. <laughs> and I just, I just, I just, yeah, I'm like, yo, like, you know, everybody that I know that, you know, has really close ties with this yeah. or have had somebody that they loved go through this process yeah. has just gone to do um, works that are so deep and so important for the community. And it, yeah, it just all started with, you know, taking that first step to, to be brave enough to be honest. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so I just know, um, I just know like what a little bit of space of uh, uh, honesty and transparency and having somebody actually see you in all your complexities of what that can do for an individual. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, that's why I want to create that space is because I know how important it is. I hear, I hear men speak all the fucking time about how they don't feel like there's space for them to talk mm-hmm. and not just black men every single man all men that i've spoken to it's always been sort of the same thing mm-hmm. of feeling these ways at some point um some point in their life you know what i mean and this uh the struggles that are are you know that they're facing and not feeling like they can talk about it yeah and so i don't know i think i do definitely feel like there's a shift happening in our culture mm-hmm. a big time and definitely covid has really amplified it a lot in a lot of positive and not so great ways but I do believe it has to go there in order for people to understand the weight that the weight that this stuff holds I don't feel like people really understand when you're uh, canceling and disposing of people the weight that it holds on somebody's life you know uh, is is a lot for one person to carry and the thing that I love about art that you um you were mentioning before is I feel like 
my art has the capacity to hold that weight. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. So I, I put that in my work because my work can hold it. Right. You know, now when I feel like people are critiquing me, you're not critiquing me. Mm-hmm. You're critiquing the work that I'm doing. And mm-hmm. I had to realize that because once I got canceled, it was like, yo, you don't actually know me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You just know my work. You just know my art. You just know the things that I talk about. But also, you should take responsibility for having a, a unrealistic expectation of me mm-hmm. as a human being, right? And so I think it's just my work has the capacity to hold that. So when I show my work, yeah, I hate it. Hate it. Cancel it. I don't care. It's still <laughs> going to be – it's still going to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> but as long as I – for me, I can have that outlet and that space to be like, I'm feeling a lot. I'm going to put it into here, which is a healthy way for me to put, some, put, yeah. to put somewhere. And if you're talking shit – I know you're not really talking shit about me because you don't really know me. Yeah. You know, and I had to like really separate myself from the work in that way, which I'm still navigating. Cause now sometimes I do get anxiety when I post, I'm like, you know, I'm like, yo, don't look at the comments. Maybe someone put a bad comment. Yo, you know, turn the comments uh, off. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> yo, I'm going to actually start doing that. I'm going to actually start doing like, at one point I turned off the comments for my stories yeah. so that nobody could, directly comment on it but yeah i've definitely had posts where people commenting being like i'm so disappointed in you and all this stuff and i was like honestly go to therapy there's a there's a a setting there's a setting this is for for you and for all the listeners there's a setting on instagram where you can like make it so that it's only people that you follow that can comment Mm. so that's like a cool middle ground because for a while when i was getting really harassed i just turned my comments right off then after a while i was like i do want to be able to like have some communication Um, and so basically it's like, I have, it's just people that I follow. And so there's more control over that, you know? So it's like, these are people I have some kind of relationship with. So hopefully they're not going to be like total assholes. Um, (laughs) so that's like something to consider. Um, but yeah, like that was such a beautiful, beautiful answer. Thanks for getting into all that. And one, one thing that I just wanted to say that came up when you were talking is like, there's this idea with cancellation that like people people are always talking about how people are refusing to be accountable and how people like don't want to, <laughs> yeah. don't want to own their shit. Right. Yeah. But like, you know, people don't want to own their shit because I think a lot of people don't want to own their shit because they know that owning their shit means the end of everything. Like they know that it means being permanently punished and defined by that for the rest of their lives. And like, yeah. as somebody who overtly opposes that, like everybody knows that I oppose that. And so when I talk to people, people are so fucking willing to be honest with me about what they do, yeah. you know, yeah. like people, People yeah. are canceled for like made up shit and people are canceled for real <laughs> shit. Both things yeah. happen. And I, yeah. and I trust what they're saying because there's no reason for somebody to hide that from me because mm-hmm. they know that my um, unconditional positive regard of them is not going anywhere. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. still going to see them as a human being. And if they did do some fucked up shit, I'm going to be like offering them resources and like trying to help yeah. them get connected with community to like help them do the work, right? That they need to do. And that's like not a spectacle for the internet. It's just like a personal process that they're gonna go through with their friends and community. And like, when it's not scary like that, when it's just like kind, people are, people wanna deal with their shit. Most people don't feel great about the fucked up shit that they did and they wanna deal with it, so. I really love that you said that. I really, really love that you said that because that is also just a really look into uh, the energy that people exude. Like if you are somebody that people don't feel safe yeah. uh, talking to about their shit, they're not going to tell you of their course. shit. Of like, course. cause people are telling people shit. Yeah. But if you're somebody or a community <laughs> yeah. that like, if you're a community, like straight up, like that they know, 
Yeah. That you're going to be excited. Of course, you're going to be somebody there saying, oh, no one's going to, no one wants to hold themselves accountable. Why would they want to? Not to you Why because you're, yeah, because you're a yeah, scary what? person. Yeah. You're frightening. <laughs> like you're going to screen cap this yeah. and put it on it's the scary. internet. It's scary. Yeah. And so like, yeah. yeah, for me, it's like everyone knows that like I'm going to hold the conversation in like yeah. sacred trust. It's not going anywhere, et cetera. Yeah. Right. And so that's the conditions <laughs> that creates trust. The spectacle piece too is like such a big thing because I also feel like, you know, there are people who are so quick to put somebody, one person's story for everyone to see, but if their friend does something wrong, they want to keep it to them, Yeah, you know? And so, you know, you kind of like take those things in, but it's like, yo, you want people to be accountable so that you can see it, then create a space where people can do so. Yeah. You know, because yeah. then if you don't, we're just going to further continue the cycle of people knowing they're going to be shamed for it. So they're not going to say anything. And of no course. one wants to say shit if they're going to be shamed. No, not nobody. Of course. Like, Human right? beings don't so, want to be shamed. That's a basic yeah. thing. Like it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. Yeah. So I guess that actually that we've already kind of covered this, but I'll say the last question that we had um, okay. and we can go into it maybe just a little bit more because it led right in. Um, so like, yeah, one of the, the key components of abolitionism, which we've already touched on, is not defining people through the worst things that they've ever done and mm-hmm. seeing people as more complex than that. Um, and basically, yeah, we just wanted to say, like, um, do you find that cancel culture reproduces those carceral logics of punishment? Yeah. Which I kind of feel like we already covered, but... Yeah, I feel like it does. <laughs> I definitely feel like it does. I definitely feel like it does. I think the only thing that people feel like is different is the person's not behind bars. Right. But they're not, they, I technically, I not like, well, I feel like they're somewhat are behind bars. They're just not visible bars to you. Yeah. Because you already disposed of them and decided to block them off everything. So you don't really see the impact. The, and, and that's the thing too. It's like, if you're going to cancel somebody and say something about accountability, why are you going to go and block them now? Why don't you just right. stay? Yeah. Why don't you just stay? And why don't you just continue probably observing that person like you're doing already so you can actually see the person that's changing, but it doesn't make sense to cancel someone for something they did and then block them and delete them off everything to then go around preaching that they're not doing anything. Right. That's how would you know? How would you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a, that's, and then also it just really makes me think of why do you feel like someone going behind bars? Is that accountability to you? Like if I went, okay, let's say I went behind bars. Mm-hmm. Would you now feel like I served my accountability time? Probably not. Right. Like, what is enough for that? What is enough? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> exactly. I don't really know. Like, I don't really know well, what enough is in their eyes, right? It's it's interesting, right? Because it comes back to what I was saying before. Because if you actually did go behind bars, then you would be a convenient like symbol for their like newfound abolitionism. So yeah. probably you would be fine then. I mean, maybe like yeah. probably not to the people who canceled you, but to other yeah. people who are cancelers, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, like one of the key kind of components of abolition work is like helping ex-prisoners to be able to do things yes. like get employment and to like not be <laughs> def- like, you know, if you are constantly yeah. being defined as being someone who is in jail, then like, you know, you it's going to affect your ability to get a job. But like cancel culture works in the same kind of way where once you've yep. been canceled, they put that shit all over Google. They like, you know, yeah. And so, and they like literally try to contact people's bosses and like, whatever, they just, they really try to make it so that the person can't live outside of that. Exactly. Because part part of the criminal justice system is a criminal record. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting because it's like, yeah, we're here trying to facilitate these people, you know, human beings getting a job and uh, resources to help them yeah. uh, you know after they went through this traumatic experience yeah then also you're out here 
trying your best to get this person's job removed. Yeah. You know, so I don't, it's like, it doesn't really uh, connect for me. And in my mind, there was like, I was like, yo, maybe I need to accept that things could be, you know, there's a lot of duality in things. But honestly, it really doesn't make sense to me. It, I don't feel like it. <laughs> I don't know if I can have that. Like, I don't well, know. It's, it's not just you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be like, yo, maybe there's things can coexist, and maybe I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I can't. Like, no, for I, sure. I think right? I think anybody who's been canceled has gone through that, right? Because your yeah. one of your first instincts is always going to be sort of like to try to make it stop fucking happening right yeah and, yeah. So, and so you're like kind of searching you're like okay well maybe if i like say all the right things or like if i'm like if i really like lean into this like accountability thing like whatever maybe people will stop doing this but then you know your second thought is always going to be like i've fucking been around these scenes for long enough to know that that's not <laughs> yeah. how it fucking works yeah you know? it's not gonna <laughs> yeah. yeah it yeah. feels like whatever you do it doesn't really matter and people It'll make it worse. like yeah it just makes it worse and honestly it's like yeah like my situation's been like three years now and it's like you guys are still really going in and I guess the whole uh reason as to why I even got in the criminal justice system and went to the court stuff was the person was trying to get my face off the magazine wow and so they were really trying their hardest and the only way they could do it was to go through this system right and do the worst and so kind of I think for me hearing that a little bit in the papers when they wrote read out to me everything that was the you know all that stuff I was like just so it was just confusing I think I was just like really confused and you know yeah I just think you know I think experiencing that it's yeah there is a confusing place there's a there's a place where you get angry too because you're like yo like I was you know I was harmed yes (laughs) during this process yeah you know and not just in the situation but I've been you know a victim of things before and yeah it's like yo why why isn't that something that matters to you guys and I think you know a lot of you know when I was angry that's what I thought about I was like why doesn't this matter why is my trauma and the things that were going on with me why doesn't that matter but this person just said one thing and then everyone's like oh you know everyone's running and you know so yeah it's really interesting how like we do do those things. And in my own life, I do have to check myself on a daily that I'm not acting in ways um, to intentionally punish people for things that, you know, and it could be small things. And for me, punishment also can go like, you know, giving someone the silent treatment or doing something like really not great Mm -hmm. and like intentionally trying to do it to punish this person for whatever is being done. Like punishment comes in a lot of different little small ways too. So I really do um, have to clock myself sometimes. Like Mm -hmm. actually, like there's been times that I had to look in myself in the mirror and be like, dude, no, this is not not okay. Right. So part of being a well-rounded human is, is, to have to navigate your own sort of like ethical dilemmas, you know, every yeah. day, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, like, yeah, practicing our principles and like, yeah, I mean, especially with like offering, being an abolitionist and really not defining people by the worst things that they've ever done. Like one of the big challenges for me is like the compassion for the cancelers. Like mm-hmm. I get really mad at them and I'm like, you're being incredibly <laughs> abusive and cruel. And like I, because of the work that we do, like 
we hear from all of these people who are so traumatized by this culture, you know, and these yep. people are just totally yep. denying that they're being abusive and they are. And I feel angry about that. <laughs> but I also have to be like, okay, what are my politics? My politics are, they're not defined by that. They're actually full complex human beings. <sighs> And I want so them, awkward. I want them to stop. I want them to stop and I will oppose them. You know, I'll oppose their behavior, but I will still yeah. honor their personhood, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. It's hard. It is hard. It really is hard. It really is hard. Because It just really is hard. I really had to applaud that because, yeah, there's definitely, um, you know, I had a situation happen recently and the person, I guess something happened to them that really shifted their mind a little bit from being a counselor counselor i guess uh but i just was sitting there like i remember dude i remember <laughs> yeah. but i also had to be like honestly if i'm sitting here saying that people can change and their mental yes. minds can change and all this stuff i have to i have to i have to allow the compassion for that too and Absolutely. i just in turmoil and sometimes i'm like no it's hard no yeah and that's so the work hard. that's the it's work so you hard. know yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, I, I try and it's I think during that process too, I really, you know, it's really great that I can talk to my therapist about this too. When I told her everything was happening, she was really trying to process what the hell yeah. canceling thing. She was like, What what do you mean this is happening? She was Yeah. yeah. Like, it's outlandish. Away. It's fucking yeah. outlandish, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, when blown. people yeah, when yeah. people outside of this world hear about it in detail, they're like, yeah. You're making that up, you know? Yeah. And it's like yeah. I'm not making it up, swear to God. Yeah. yeah, I actually asked someone the other day. I said, uh, you know, I told a friend that I was going to be on the podcast and she was like, what's canceled? What's canceled? What's canceled? What's canceled? And I was like, what? I, I, was like, <laughs> I want to like take out my headphones, hang up FaceTime, everything. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Like, you don't, have you heard of, the, you have never heard of this? And she was like, no. And I was like, yo, like. Oh my God. You know, it was yeah. just very surprising, but it was refreshing yeah. that totally. there are people who are not indulged in it. But, yo, I told her, I was like, I'm about to hang up this phone on you right now <laughs> yeah. because I can't believe this. But it's because it's just because I've been in that. Yeah, uh, totally. That Absolutely. unhealthy in- environment for a long time that it's just so interesting that some people don't know about it and also interesting that my therapist doesn't know because if there's anyone that i'm gonna listen to it's gonna be my therapist i'm sorry yeah. guys yo yeah, therapists need to therapists <laughs> need to get wise on this yeah shit, seriously um <laughs> i think it's I, gonna be a, a main topic for them soon though yeah. for sure for sure so so we gotta wrap up it's about time okay, um we wanted to first of all this has been an amazing yeah, interview like so yeah, this really awesome. top notch um, is there anything that you want to, um, tell our listeners before we go? Like, first of all, where we can, uh, where they can like reach, where can they find your work, that kind of stuff? Sweet. Yeah. I guess if you search, um, Jagre on everything, you can find me Instagram, Jagre website, jagre.com. Uh, those are the main ways that I'm in connect right now. Uh, yeah, those are the main ways I'm in correct right now. So I guess we'll put the little, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll throw yeah, in the, get the links, yeah. but that's, yeah. yeah, that's about it. But yeah, no, amazing. I had a great, I had a fun time. This was great. Yeah. Thank you, know, you so much. I'm excited. Yeah. To see, okay, cool. To see how everything unfolds, but this is really cool. We really appreciate that. Yeah. So just a uh, note to our listeners that they can check us out on patreon.com slash fucking canceled. Um, and if you want to send us hate mail, you can uh, send that to <laughs> fucking canceled at gmail.com, but there's no U in canceled because Gmail wouldn't let us. And there's two L's in canceled because we're Canadian. Um, <laughs> thanks so much. And uh, <laughs> see yeah. you next time. See you next time. <laughs>